0: This is Michael Smalley, and I, today, on this very show, am introducing a new podcast series that I will be doing over the next many multiple weeks called Released, The Power and Freedom of Letting Go in Love. And, okay, look, we're going to have an incredibly special opportunity After I kind of introduce what released is, why I think it's important, uh, I actually have my VIPers who are watching this privately from the comfort of their homes, their kitchens, their living rooms. I think one of them is at his office already because he's a hard worker. Way to go, Jason. And and so when I finish the introduction, I'm actually going to have the VIPers ask questions, and we're gonna get into debates. There's gonna be a lot of yelling and screaming because most of them are very angry. No, that's not true. They're wonderful. They are part of the family here at Smalley Institute. And so um, you'll wanna stay tuned because I promise it helps to hear other people processing what I'm talking about. So I have not done that yet with the VIP group. This will be our first shot at it. I hope it's interesting it might not be. Well, knowing the people that are on it right now, it'll probably definitely be interesting. So here we go. I'm going to start a new series called Release, The Power and Freedom of Letting Go in Love. And I know that might sound like an odd thing. Well, how do wait? what does letting go in love mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means freedom. It means uh, change. It means it's kind of Releasing your spouse and letting go in love is really the most profound, proven way to change your spouse. It, it, it sounds contrary. It doesn't add up in your mind. You think, you know, that's insane. What does even letting go mean? Well, that's why I'm going to do an entire series on it. It has by far been the most significant thing I've learned in my life over the last several years. If you've been a friend of the podcast, which if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Hit the little subscribe button. And while you're there, you might as well leave a review as well. It's not gonna hurt and it helps. So this is probably one of the most significant things that has helped my wife and I in our own crisis. And we're still together. And we got all the way to the brink of divorce because I had filed for divorce. That's right. The marriage guy, the marriage expert filed for freaking divorce because we had gotten so out of control. Our relationship had gotten toxic and we just, we weren't working. And we have had quite the path of recovery. The fact that we're still here is not just a miracle and a power of what God does in a life, no matter how insane, no matter how distressed you get, uh, no matter how impossible it feels, he really does provide and he comes through for you. It's, yeah, that's awesome. And the fact that we both have been learning this very concept of releasing each other, letting go in love, the reason it leads to freedom, the reason, frankly, it's the most powerful way we can influence our spouse to make necessary changes. I get it. Your spouse is doing crap that you don't like, that's not very healthy, it's not very loving, and you need it to stop. You, you desperately want it to stop. You desperately want change. But yet, the more we try to control that change, the more we try to manage that change, the more codependent we get, the worse our relationship becomes. And we don't have to do that. And really, the secret to freedom in life, the secret to peace, the secret to all the things that we want to feel is honestly, it, it comes down to this idea of, of letting go in love, because the truth about life is it sucks, right? I have a phrase, life sucks, then you die, which death is a gift for those who are in Christ, so if you're a disciple, death is not the end, it's the beginning, but life is rough, life is broken, we are living under the consequences of sin, and it's not going to be easy, period. Period. You will have wonderful moments, and then you will have terrible moments. By the way, you are wonderful, and you are also terrible. We are both things because we're all broken. We're all living under the consequence of this uh, broken of sin. We're all living under that. And I know when I get to the VIPers here in just a little bit that this is by far the most consistent thing, that I am constantly encouraging them, I constantly encourage clients that come to the Smalley Marriage Intensive Program that your first job, right, is you gotta get right with God because when you're right with God, you get the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit are these wonderful things like gentleness and peace and self-control and kindness and forgiveness and love and patience. Right, we get all of that. And then you need to let each other go. Letting go in love is really just, you know, one of the VIPers I have, You know, I actually made a T-shirt design mock-up because her phrase is detach in love and I'll just be up front. I, you know, didn't want to steal her phrase. So I'm going with letting go in love. But they're both the same thing. What this series is going to teach you and it's going to be highly practical is what are the steps that you need to take so that you can release your spouse, that you can drop your expectations, that you can be okay when they're not, that you can find peace when they're being a turd. These are, this is literally possible when you really Let them go in love. And all I'm saying is, hey, I can't change you. And actually, and most of you, if you think about it, and if you're honest, you've tried to change them. You tried. And that didn't go very well, did it? No. No, it did not. Why? Because I don't want to be controlled. And frankly, when you come to try to change me, What am I immediately going to be going? I'm going to get defensive, and I'm going to look at you and go, whoa, whoa, yeah, I might do that, but you're doing this. And we get into this courtroom battle thing of who's more wrong and who's more right and whose reality is correct and whose reality is messed up and psychotic. You've tried to change each other. You know. I am preaching to the choir right now. You've tried to do it, it failed, you know it failed, it only leaves everybody sitting in frustration and hurt and disappointment and it's like, yeesh, I'm going to go through several major things that I had to release, that I had to let go in love with my spouse But the letting go in love means I'm not just rejecting you. I'm not shutting down. I'm not avoiding. I'm not running away. No, I'm just going, hey, I'm I'm dropping. I'm dropping this. I'm not going to continue badgering you about it. I'm not going to continue trying to demand or control you changing, making necessary changes many times. I'm going to leave you to yourself and to God and let you guys figure that out. And I'm I'm going to move forward in love. So I, I'm actually, by letting you go, I will be increasing my affection towards you. I'm, my affection towards you will naturally increase. I'm going to be able to slow down, calm down. I'm going to be able to reach peace because it's not my job at the end of the day, whether my wife whether your spouse is healthy or not, whether I'm healthy. It, well, it is my job whether I'm healthy, but it would not be my wife's job. That is, up, that is solely on my shoulders. And when we let go in love, what that means is I'm releasing you to do what you need to do. And whether it happens or not, I realize and recognize I'll be okay. It's not going to destroy me. I'm not going to allow your dysfunction to now mess me up. That is uh, the heart of codependency is, well, I can't be happy if you're not, and just fill in the blank, if you're not paying attention, if you're not spending more time with me, if you're not giving, if, if we're not having more sex, I can't be satisfied if your behavior isn't good. And that's just a bold-faced lie. It doesn't work. It's ineffective. It's a dumb strategy. And so we really don't have any other option but to let go in love. We have to let go of the hurt. We have to let go of being right. Ooh, I'm going to get into that one big time. We got to let go. And as we let go, why are we letting go? The heart behind this entire series called released the power and freedom of letting go and love, which by the way, is also going to be an online course that is only accessible to VIPers. So you got to get to SmalleyInstitute.com and sign up today. You get weekly coaching. You get to be a part of these podcasts from time to time. Uh, right now we're actually going through an amazing book. It's I'd put it number one marriage book I've read probably ever, and it's called Created for Connection. And every Friday morning, a big group of VIPers and I meet over Zoom, and we have our reading that we were supposed to do, and we just have a discussion going, hey, what did we learn? What stood out? What was the Holy Spirit you know, prompting you the most in what you read this last week. We have accountability because every week before we end, I ask all of us, myself included, what are you going to do this week? What's one thing that you learned in the reading or in the book so far that you are going to do for your spouse? So we make it action and I check in with everybody at the beginning of every week going, how did you do? And I write it all down, so I have it you know I have it in writing, so I can ask them point blank hey did you hug your wife six times this week did you um let go and release your husband this week how how did that go and so we have accountability, we have encouragement, we have support it's it's been really cool it it might be my most favorite thing I've done so far with the VIP club uh, and so we do that every Friday morning. But you're going to love this new series. I promise if you allow it, it'll be transformational, period. End of story. It's been transform... Tra- well, I don't know why that word's so hard for me right now. It's been transformational in my own life. It's been transformational in my wife's life. And if you if you listen, if you're willing to be not just wise enough. If you're willing to be vulnerable enough, if you're willing to risk, cause I get it. It's scary to let go because well, wait. If I don't harass this person to make these very necessary needed changes, then they're never going to happen. Well, they ain't happened yet with you harassing them. So I'm offering you a different strategy through this new series. We're going to talk about how it is our only option. Uh, and then I go into the first step, so what do you need to release? uh how do you do that? Just very step one, step two, and then we'll go into I'm looking here at my notes here. Ah, then we'll look in you know there's one of the things i've I've learned about letting go in love is there really is a there's like a a continuum of steps that I need to be able to go through in order to fully release something. So we'll get into that. I'm gonna have quotes, I'm gonna have video clips, I'm gonna have all sorts of cool stuff to make sure that you genuinely learn how to let go in love and the power and freedom that comes with releasing your spouse. So now, why don't I transition here to the VIPers and uh, thank you guys for being so patient. I know I had some technical difficulties this morning (laughs) trying to get this thing up and running, which is so annoying. But um, I know guys that we've talked about this quite a bit, this idea of letting go in love, detaching in love, releasing each other over and over and over again. What, you know, maybe even one of you might be willing to start off on if that has actually impacted you in a positive way, or if I'm just full of a lot of malarkey. And I use malarkey because, you know, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. So it feels appropriate. And I'm pretty sure at least one of you on here is Irish or of Irish descent. So any thoughts on that, everybody?
1: Well, for sure, for me, this has been really big and has brought so much freedom. And really, not even um, freedom from others in other relationships so much as freedom from myself and trying to do things my own way. And it's been a really long process, but. It's, it's been worth it going through the whole uh, releasing and I think learning uh, a lot from the courses on Smalley Institute and then just uh, gradually applying them and um, step-by-step process, I guess. That's big. In working through all of it, it's kind of interesting that I finally came to the point that The number one person I need to release is myself. (laughs) Um, You know, I thought it was other people more so, but um, yeah. And and for me, kind of coming to the spiritual part of it, it seems to come back to, um, you know, releasing things to God and giving Him the control. A thing that has really helped me is the like writing letters um, to just put on paper uh, what it is that I am holding onto maybe, writing a letter wh- whether to a person or myself or God. It has definitely given me freedom. In,
2: in what way? How have you experienced that freedom?
1: not being so concerned about others focusing on what i need to do differently how i need to change and then that can hopefully make a a better environment for those around me uh, to feel freer to possibly make some changes themselves
2: i like how you word that to make changes themselves that's yeah. really kind of what happens. It's like, look, and I, I don't think we can underestimate how how much influence and power comes through letting someone go. It's like, it, well, not just that, but then working on myself as I improve, as I get better, as I become more loving, as I become more at peace, as I become more uh, easy frankly, easy to get along with, that tends to positively impact. And suddenly they're going to start looking in the mirror going, hey, I kind of don't deserve, right? Because most of the time, most of us know, the majority of us know when we're being a turd, it makes it blatantly more obvious when our spouse is not behaving badly. It's just the juxtaposition is overwhelming. Would that be a fair statement, everybody?
1: Yes, and it takes patience and it takes time, but it, it is worth it.
2: Thank you, Beth, by the way, for sharing that. Yes,
3: you're welcome. Good morning, Michael. I, I would say that I've been really working on the releasing thing for not only my spouse, but um, a lot of family members as a whole. Uh, but one big thing that I'm really trying to focus on is not only forgiving and releasing myself, but also releasing God because we put God at an expectation of things. And, you know, those that song, famous song of unanswered prayers, there's a reason for that, but we get so angry with God for not doing what we want the way we want and how we want. And it's really releasing him um, from a lot of the stuff that we expect or um blame him for, like blaming him because, you know, I didn't get the good grade or I didn't get to work on time or whatever. I mean, those are silly, but um, I think releasing God is a big one for me.
2: So what did you mean by that? Releasing God?
3: Yeah, just releasing God from the hurts that we have from God because, you know, we can be angry with God for many things. You know, he wasn't there when something significant happened and it shouldn't happen or in our lives, you know um, or, you know, being on a marriage thing that our marriage is falling apart or our marriage is struggling. And it, you know, well, I felt like God told me I needed to marry this person and it was um, you know, it was also, you know, our, our thoughts are, Oh, well, God told me to marry this person. So it was going to be a bed of roses and it's nothing but a train wreck. And, you know, being angry with God for that.
2: That's yeah, that's big. Because we we're not God. And right. we don't have an, an eternal mind. You know, we haven't always existed. We're not all powerful, all knowing. Um when things aren't going our well, our way, yeah, it can we can put the blame of our own junk and we'll project that onto God.
3: Going so far as, well, God's not real or God's not with me or God doesn't talk to me or, you know, God's not, um, God God doesn't listen to me. And, you know, just just going to the extreme on it. When he is with us, I mean, if you are a true child of God, you know, and you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, then um, he is with you. He just may not audibly be there with you but he is with you and that's a hard thing to for me anyway is when I'm going through major struggles or challenges it's like where are you why are you not here and you you just you know it's releasing him from what our thoughts are of him
2: our thoughts our expectations our will (laughs) many times we want our will done Lord not yours yeah that's a great point who else? This is awesome. I'm already blown away.
1: Hi, I just have a quick comment. Um, I actually really appreciate the comments about everybody else's journey so far, because that's really helpful to hear. And um, I totally understand letting go of your spouse. I, I think the area I struggle in is what to do with all of the hurt while you're letting go. Right. <laughs> you know, when you're not getting any response back
3: and they're like, Oh, this is great.
2: (laughs) I know that on one of the coming up episodes, we will definitely take a deep dive on that. There is freedom. There is peace and letting go in love, but okay. So now we're letting go in love, but yet still hurtful things are occurring. So how do I get rid of that hurt? And um, my dad actually had a, a really brilliant word picture around the idea. Uh, one of my mentors actually has an unbelievable exercise, which as a VIP member, uh, Mary, you have access to. So if you have not checked out the flushing exercise. Oh, um, yeah. That, that is such a great exercise. And, and it's something that we have to flush Throughout life, we have to continue flushing things, especially if our spouse continues to do stuff that's not cool. And the the control or the power we have over our life is I can flush that stuff out. It's a process. But you know, some of the thinking I think that gets a lot of us in trouble is that um, we think I can't do this. I can't handle this. This will never get better. I'll always be miserable. And that kind of thinking sabotages this entire process of letting go. Part of the journey will be telling ourselves I'm okay. This doesn't have to happen in order for me to be happy. Right. I've shared lots of stuff from my own relationship that, you know, might start off as a desperate need of mine. And once i get my brain around it and start letting it go and releasing and releasing my spouse and taking that thing off the table going well yes i would have loved to have had this but you're not overly effective meeting that need so i need to get that need met somewhere else and that doesn't mean obviously in the arms of another lover what it means is i can get all the needs i have met through christ in that relationship and i can have intimate relationships with other guys and mentors. Um, you know, I'm starting, our church is doing a new men's study called 33. It's by Tierce. Um I can't think of his last name. You'll actually, the author of it lives here locally. So he's actually leading the men's group, but I'm doing that men's group just so that I, you know, that's a, that's an area of connection. And that's, as we're learning in the book, created for connection, that's one of our, biggest, not one of, it is our biggest need is to feel loved and to feel connected um, with other people. And so sometimes when our spouse isn't meeting, it doesn't mean we're not allowed to have good friends and, um, you know, it doesn't mean we're not allowed to have uh, important or significant relationships that uh, meet meet some of those needs. So we will be coming to a close, but thank you, my precious, amazing, incredible VIPers. Uh, You guys have been, if I don't say it enough, you guys have been an incredible blessing just to my life. Uh, I mean, I hope I I, you know, I was looking forward to that, but you never know if that's what's going to happen, especially with a virtual community. But you guys have been overwhelmingly a blessing for me, and uh, I certainly hope that I've been able to be a blessing to you, Um, and I just appreciate being a part of your journey. So thank you, guys.
1: Sometimes it's hard to think back on. I mean, you know, when we've gone through so much, um, it it almost gets... um, not overwhelming, but, you know, just to think back on all the ways that we did releasing, even. it's It definitely is a process. And, yeah, even when I think back on all the different exercises and things I've gone through, you know, in the last months, it's been a lot. And... That's, you know, after years of counseling, help, intensives, <clears throat> I don't know. It, um, sometimes I think if someone ca- um, if someone as messed up as me can turn things around, or things can be turned around, there's hope for anyone.
2: Amen to that, sister. I feel the same thing. If you can be as jacked up as I am and still have a satisfying marriage or still be alive and surviving, (laughs) there is hope for anyone.
1: Yeah, I I was just thinking recently. I think it was six years ago that our children um, sent us to Marriage comes, like, <laughs> what a mess. And, you know, we're still in it, but we've come a long way, so.
2: Which, by the way, is really, in, in the end, a huge gift and blessing for your kids to see that, hey, nobody's perfect. But look, mom's willing to get help. Mom's willing to do the work necessary. And that's inspiring. So even when we mess up with our kids, it's really just an opportunity to show them forgiveness or to seek forgiveness and to be able to show them humility, to really live out what it looks like to be a mature believer and disciple of Jesus. Not that we, and that's the thing, we don't have to actively go looking for ways to screw up life. That is going to happen naturally until we die. But every mess up is an opportunity to show what it looks like to get un and to turn things around and to get back up the mountain. And then we'll fall again. And then we get to show what it looks like to get back up again, which is really powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and something came to me this week, and I I should have shared it Tuesday night, I suppose, but um, I felt I should, but I didn't. I missed that. Um, But I just felt so burdened that uh, even like in what Scott and I have been going through, that it isn't about saving. I don't know if this is saying it right, but it isn't really about saving even our marriage, but saving our nation and... um, you know, the, the downfall of, the, of our nation, we can point to like the Democrats, but it's about us and our sin. And just, I, I just felt so burdened, uh, again, seeking the face of God in prayer, fasting. What do I need to repent of, confess, you know, for for God to save us and our nation, not not that it's about any one of us, but just maybe the personal responsibility thing, you know, doing my part, and um, yeah, uh, you know God could start a revival in this nation, and it could start with any one of us,
2: yeah
1: <laughs> and um just so burdened again to be, you know, on our face before God um, in repentance and, you know, face-to-face with each other in confession, but, yeah, so the thing, you won't be surprised at this, but the thing that came to my mind um, was being critical and judgmental. Yes. So yeah, that's kind of where I landed on that. I love it. So yeah.
2: And I love the journey all of us are on. It's a hard journey, but it is a good one.
1: At least we're on the journey.
2: Hey. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, listen, I got to get running, but um, thank you guys. Thank you, Beth. Yeah, thank you. Amazing insight and vulnerability. Um, So just everybody have a wonderful day and we'll be back at it tomorrow morning at 7.